This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where Donald Trump is under fire for holding a press conference in Florida to brag about his environmental record. The Trump administration, after less than one full term, has the likelihood of being adjudged the most anti-climate, anti-science, anti-environmental executive branch in United States history. But Trump didn't come to Florida to simply brag about his environmental record. He also signed an executive order to keep oil platforms off the coast of Florida for 10 more years. I will sign a presidential order extending the moratorium on offshore drilling on Florida's Gulf Coast and expanding it to Florida's Atlantic Coast. The number of COVID casualties is declining in Florida, but they're not going away. The state just reported 44 more fatalities. The number of confirmed cases is now more than 650,000. The Black Caucus in the state legislature is asking you to just say no to Amendment 3, which would eliminate Florida's closed primary system. There is growing evidence that the disruption Amendment 3 would cause in Florida's political landscape will only yield a greater infusion of special interests, involvement in races, which leads to ultimate control by those same interests in Tallahassee. Today on Sunrise In Depth, you'll hear about the Tally 14, peaceful protesters arrested over the weekend after being met by an army of blue as they demonstrated against a grand jury's decision not to prosecute three cops who killed black civilians. This weekend was one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. The blatant display of militarized policing and gross use of force was not community safety. There was no violence at this peaceful protest until the police started attacking Black Lives Matter protesters. We've never seen this kind of violence happen in Tallahassee before. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and check in with a Florida man who pooped a bag of pot in jail. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Wednesday, September 9th. Donald Trump flew into Jupiter Tuesday to talk about his environmental record and to try to win some votes by signing a new executive order on offshore drilling that will extend the moratorium for 10 more years. In a few moments, I will sign a presidential order extending the moratorium on offshore drilling on Florida's Gulf Coast and expanding it to Florida's Atlantic Coast as well as the coasts of Georgia and South Carolina. This action follows close consultation with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. He's been unbelievable. Florida Senators Marco Rubio and Rick Scott, they've worked so hard. Thanks to my administration's pro-American energy policies, we can take this step and the next step while remaining the number one producer of oil and natural gas anywhere in the world. We're the largest producer now in the world by far. We're number one in the world and we are energy independent. That is very good news for Florida, but let's be honest, oil prices are so low now that drilling new offshore wells simply isn't worth it. It does, however, give the president the chance to say Florida's beaches will be in danger if he's not reelected. Trump told the crowd in Jupiter he's the environmental president and has sent billions of dollars to Florida. My administration's proving every day that we can improve our environment while creating millions of high-paying jobs. This is a really sharp contrast to the extreme radical left that you've had to deal with. And what you're doing right now is a lot better than anything you've ever been accustomed to, I will tell you that. Instead of focusing on radical ideology, 
My administration is focused on delivering real results, and that's what we have. And we right now have the cleanest air we've ever had in this country, let's say over the last 40 years. Because I assume 200 years ago was probably better. What do you think? I would say that. What do you think, fellas? To safeguard our stunning coastal areas, I signed legislation authorizing $100 million to fight the red tide and toxic algae. And to preserve the Everglades and defend Florida from catastrophic flooding. You know about the flooding. We spent a lot of money on flooding and a lot of money on hurricanes. And when your governors came to me and they said, can we have this? Can we have that? We need some more for the panhandle, they said. We have to help the panhandle, I said, without question and without any weight. Let's go, right? That's what we said. You've never had it so easy in your life. He'd walk into my office, say, sir, just one more. How much is it going to cost? How about an extra billion? Yeah, my staff wasn't too thrilled. That's we had to override the staff a couple of times. To Democrats, the president's remarks were laughable, and that's putting it kindly. Congresswoman Lois Frankel of Palm Beach County says Donald Trump has been the arch nemesis of the environment. So starting with pulling out of the Paris Agreement, which is the international agreement to fight climate change, the Trump administration, after less than one full term, has the likelihood of being adjudged the most anti-climate, anti-science, anti-environmental executive branch in United States history. He's put numerous high-level uh, nominees who started as lobbyists with major polluting industries. And this administration has been steadfast in weakening or eliminating major conservation and environmental regulations and programs. All told, the Trump administration's environmental rollbacks could significantly increase greenhouse gas emissions and lead to thousands of extra deaths from poor air quality each year. Mr. Trump is here to brag about two things, funding the Everglades and the signing of the Great American Outdoors Act, both which are very good issues that have been very bipartisan. Let me just make this clear. Number one, on funding the Everglades. It is fake news for the president to come here and brag about $250 million for the uh, funding the Everglades, which would be a good thing if, in fact, the Senate and the president would get a bill passed. We passed the budget that funds the Everglades in the Democratic-controlled House months ago, but we have not seen anything alive and well in the Senate or with the president prodding the Senate to do anything about it. As for the Great American Outdoors Act, I just want to say I am one of 253 co-sponsors of another very bipartisan legislation that funds the national parks. That legislation was passed by Congress despite, despite the president's proposed budget, which would actually have slashed $581 million to the National Park Service. In fact, the Trump administration has ferociously undermined public land protection, uh, including opening most of the United States coastline to oil and gas drilling, reducing protections for wetlands, and weakening the Endangered Species Act. He is the only, and I want to stress this, the only president in the United States history to have removed more public lands than he has protected.
State Senator Bobby Powell of West Palm Beach says Trump has also failed on the issue of climate change, which is already having an impact in the Sunshine State as sea levels rise. We're seeing our sewers and our drainage systems being backed up because of the issues related to the climate. And we've had a president who has come in and just dismantled and destroyed all of the things that have been put in place to protect us and to make sure that our world is sustainable. Many of us have children. I know this environment and this planet was not just us. It's for our children and our children's children. However, we have somebody in office right now who's only concerned about himself and concerned about how he will live. Uh, and I, I don't want to say anything bad, but to heck with everyone else. We just cannot afford to have another four years like the past four years. I keep waking up <laughs> just like election day in 2016. And it's every day there's something new. There's so many things that I can't even believe. Every day I have to look at something related to what this president has done or said that's detrimental, not only to our environment, but to our society as a whole. And to come here and to Palm Beach County and to claim a record of environmental advocacy and championing, envi championing environmental issues is not only disingenuous, uh, it's disrespectful and it's downright preposterous. This administration has continued to do things like disbanding the scientific review panel that advises the EPA about safe levels of pollution. Uh, he has gutted uh, the Department of Interior when it comes to saving lands and opened up a lot of land, uh, nearly 6 million acres for potential development, further uh, quickening climate change, further eroding our environment and making this planet less safe. We've seen nothing from this president that would even indicate that he is for the environment. And it's not okay. It's not okay to be in elected office and to continue to to lie, okay? Elected people should tell the truth, to be transparent, to show empathy, and we've seen none of that. Powell and Frankel also say they don't trust the president to keep his word on the drilling moratorium if he's reelected. Florida's death toll from COVID-19 has risen to 12,067 after the health department reported 44 more fatalities Tuesday. It's the fourth day in a row the daily death toll was under 100. The state also reported 1,823 new cases of coronavirus. That brings the statewide total to just over 650,000. The Black Caucus in the state legislature takes a stand against Amendment 3 on the ballot, which would change the primaries by allowing everyone to vote regardless of party registration. Backers of Prop 3 say the current system of closed primaries disenfranchises more than 3.5 million Floridians who are independents and have no party affiliations. They're called NPAs. But State Senator Audrey Gibson of Jacksonville says Amendment 3 is dangerous for three reasons. Danger number one. An outcome of this proposal is the loss of minority representation in the legislature. Florida Const Florida's constitution requires that state house and state senate districts be drawn compactly and equal in population. And having gone through redistricting, there's the REOC scores and the convex hall scores also included in that to make sure the districts are the way they should look. Danger number two. Both the federal 1965 Voting Rights Act and the 2010 Fair Districts Amendment to Florida's Constitution require that racial minorities are able to elect candidates of their choosing and who reflect their communities. Amendment three 
undermines the Florida Constitution and the Voting Rights Act. That is danger. Danger number three. Under Amendment 3, both electoral access and the representation of people of color would be all but erased. Not only is this a bumpy road uh, an attempt to falsely create moderation, it has very, very consequential uh, impact on minority communities. The Florida legislature already has a long history of selling out to special interests, but State Senator Randolph Bracey of Orlando says Prop 3 will make things even worse. There is growing evidence that the disruption Amendment 3 would cause in Florida's political landscape will only yield a greater infusion of special interests involvement in races, which leads to ultimate control by those same interests in Tallahassee. The important work done by many to give the people the voice in government will be eroded with the passage of Amendment 3 as the infusion of special interest funding to control the political process will reach unprecedented levels. The clearest danger Amendment 3 poses is how the electorate will be redistributed, impacting greatly minority representation in Tallahassee. In counties like Miami-Dade, you will see erosion of African-American representation and areas of Broward where Hispanics are getting a strong foothold. They too will recede in the ability to have their voice better represented in state government. Amendment 3 only serves to redistribute the electorate by undoing the important progress made through fair districts and the protections under the Voting Rights Act. And what about the 3.6 million Floridians who are shut out of the primaries because they are NPAs? Well, former State Representative Sean Shaw says that is a valid concern, but he insists that Prop 3 really won't solve that. He also claims if this system had been used in 2008, none of the Democrats running for governor would have made it to the general election. It would have been a race between two Republicans. It is very likely that under Amendment 3, the top two vote-getters would have been uh, Putnam and DeSantis under any scenario. So to talk about the disenfranchisement of NPAs is a real issue. That's something that ought to be discussed, but it's unfortunate that we can't discuss that in Amendment 3 because Amendment 3 goes a huge step further than just allowing NPAs to vote in primaries. It allows anybody of any party to vote in any primary, and then the top two vote-getters, regardless of party, advance to a general election. That is just a, that is a gross distortion of, um, of the issue of NPAs being allowed to vote in primaries. Amendment 3 will only be added to the state constitution if it's approved by 60% of the voters in November. Recent polls show it has a long way to go and a short time to get there. And yes, that last sentence was stolen from Jerry Reed. Next up on Sunrise In Depth, a story about Tallahassee cops going postal on peaceful protesters. They're called the Tally 14, and their arrests over the weekend have destroyed what had been a peaceful coexistence between police and protesters in the capital city. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we're much obliged. Let's pause now for a word from the sponsors. Predict It is like the stock market for all things politics. Instead of trading stock in companies, you're investing money into your opinions on everything from election results to how many times President Trump will tweet this week. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. Our podcast listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictit.org slash promo slash F-L-A-P-O-L. Try it today. 
Welcome back to Sunrise. When protests flared across the country after police shot and killed George Floyd, Tallahassee remained peaceful. When young people took to the streets, they were escorted by police who blocked traffic to keep the marchers safe. The mayor issued a statement in support of the protesters, and the words Black Lives Matter were painted in the street. But everything went to hell Saturday after the Leon County Grand Jury refused to take any action against three cops who killed black civilians. When people gathered across from the county courthouse to protest the lack of action, they were confronted by an army of officers in full gear with drones and a helicopter circling overhead. Community organizer Lakey Love says the cops outnumbered the protesters by three to one and they were looking for a fight. There was no violence at this peaceful protest until the police started attacking Black Lives Matter protesters. And we want an outside investigation. We don't want an FDLE investigation because FDLE was involved. We want a community controlled investigation of the escalation of the police violence at the incident. We want full transparency. Drop the body cam footage. And if you didn't have body cameras on, shame on you. Drop the drone footage. We want full transparency of all the violence you enacted against our people. We want you to hold a town hall where the people can speak and you listen and and talk about respecting First Amendment rights, especially First Amendment rights when the crowd is acting on an emergency, when something important has happened that they feel the need to get in the streets to speak about. We want you to immediately fire killer cop Chief Lawrence Rebel, who gunned down an unarmed black teenager in 1996 and was put into office. He didn't get elected. We would never have elected that man into office. We, he was put there by another white man, Reese Goad, and we want Reese Goad and Lawrence, we want them gone by the end of the week. The police chief and the city manager are not the only ones under fire. Florida A&M student Tessie Lisbon says state attorney Jack Campbell and Leon County Sheriff Walt McNeil should do something about cops who kill or find someone else who will. It's ridiculous to me. The responses remain ridiculous. And so this is why we ask for Jack Campbell to step down. This is why we ask for Chief Lawrence Rebel to step down because it's clear that you cannot do your job and keep the best interest of the community. It's clear that you can't do both. So just step down. You're in over your head, just let the job go. Jack Campbell continues to show that he is in direct conflict of interest with his position because he cannot prosecute his friends. He cannot make decisions against his friends at the Tallahassee Police Department. And so if you cannot do those things, it's time for you to go. It's time for you to go because we don't feel safe in our own community where we pay taxes, where we vote. We don't feel comfortable here anymore. There are thousands of students who live here and have come to the capital city for education. And this is where they have to go to school in this mess that Jack Campbell and Chief Lawrence Rebel has created and Walt McNeil has been complicit as well. You have been complicit in the violence against black people and black communities the entire time. Stand up and say something. At this point, all we're asking for is for basic human rights. Just step down so we can find someone else to do the job. Saskia Fagan with the Dream Defender says there is no doubt in her mind the cops wanted that confrontation. But when protesters wouldn't take the bait, she says they attacked. 
this weekend um, was one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. The blatant display of militarized policing and gross use of force was not community safety. In my opinion, it was brutality. I watched people dragged by their hair. I watched people I care about and strangers who I now care about um, arrested violently. One of the people arrested was still shaking uh, when they were released eight hours after their wrongful arrest by people who are tax dollars and their own oaths um, behest them to protect and serve our bodies. The state violence we endured after complying with TPD and continuing our protest on the sidewalk shows that they were going to vilify us regardless of our actions. We have um, once again collectively endured trauma and we witnessed, as we witnessed the Tallahassee Police Department perpetuate violence rooted in uh, systemic and class racism and every single charge needs to be dropped immediately. Uh, this was a strategic plan in my view to quell protests and stifle a movement uh, that is pushing against a system that is allowed to answer mental health crisis with lethal force. 14 people were busted at the protest. Three people ended up in the hospital. None of them were police. Delilah Pierre with the Tallahassee Community Action Committee says the hypocrisy is overwhelming because these were the same authorities who refused to press charges against a white supremacist who pulled a gun on demonstrators during a previous protest. We've never seen this kind of violence happen in Tallahassee before to the level it is and the hypocrisy of the police state we live in is rather glaring in the way it treats protesters for the Black Lives Matter movement and people who support white supremacy, racism, or other reactionary views and completely and totally are able to get away with those views. The charges against the Tally 14 absolutely need to be dropped immediately. There is no reason that an armed gunman can come out to the Capitol and point a gun, not just at protesters, but at police officers and have the charges drop the next day. And yet, at the same time, Black Lives Matter protesters who are out here protesting for justice, protesting for our democratic rights, protesting for months for community control of the police, for any fundamental or systemic change to a system that brutalizes us, that oppresses us, are completely and totally silenced. Why was there riot shields out there? When has there ever been a weapon brought at one of our protests? When have we even come with shields? Come with anything to practically defend ourselves? And yet there's helicopters floating above watching us. Hundreds of police officers scheduled to watch us and check on us. It's insane. It, it makes no sense to me. It's ridiculous. It's completely and totally uncalled for. The National Organization for Women, the People's Advocacy Center, the NAACP, and the Southern Poverty Law Center are holding a press conference outside City Hall today to express outrage over what they call an orchestrated show of police overreach. Demonstrators will also be there tonight when the City Commission holds a public hearing on the budget, but it's a virtual meeting. There's no guarantee they'll be allowed to speak. Either way, the truce is over, and the Black Lives Matter movement in Tallahassee will not be pacified by simply painting those words on the street. Your calendar of political events begins at 8 when trustees from Florida International University hold a series of committee meetings. That's followed by a meeting of the full board at 1130. 
Trustees at Florida Polytechnic University meet at 1245. That's after they hold a strategic workshop and a series of committee meetings that begin at 8. Starting at 9, the Florida Supreme Court hears arguments in three cases, including an appeal by death row inmate Gary Michael Hilton in a high-profile murder case from Leon County. Hilton was convicted in 2007 of kidnapping and murdering Cheryl Dunlop, whose body was found in the Apalachicola National Forest. And the South Florida Water Management District Governing Board is holding a workshop at 1. Finally today, it's time for the continuing adventures of Florida Man, who pooped a bag of weed. The 29-year-old was arrested for possession of a firearm by a convicted felon and was carted off to the Indian River County Jail. Staffers there found an unknown object in the guy's stomach, and he admitted swallowing a baggie with marijuana during the traffic stop. Instead of taking him to the hospital, jailers simply let nature take its course. A few hours later, the bag was recovered. A nurse fished it from the toilet, turned it over to deputies who had to examine the contents to make sure it really was marijuana. That's it for this episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.